Good morning. Sometimes when you're given a free week to speak on any SAM, it can be quite difficult to know what to choose to speak on. Uh, so I've decided to speak on something that uh, over the last few months of lockdown that I've, I've struggled with and um, I, I don't think I'm alone in this. So during our Sunday services, and it's come to the sung worship, which our bands have done an amazing job of, um, sometimes I found it really difficult. Um, there's been maybe one week that I can think of where myself and Rachel and the kids were up dancing. Uh, but there's been other weeks where I've been sat on the sofa and I've kind of struggled to, 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 to sing out. Uh, and so what I've decided to speak on today is from Psalm 95. Uh, and it starts with the line, Well, come, let us sing to the Lord. That opening verses of Psalm 95 that uh, we just read, it, it repeats those words of let us, let us sing. Let us make a joyful noise and let us come into his presence. To sing songs of worship to God is a core thing that we do as his children. We do that together as his children. As we sing these words, they go vertically up to God as we sing words of his greatness, of his love, of his sacrifice, and we're pouring out our adoration to him. And we are singing in response to those truths. And these words also go horizontally as, as we teach one another in that time. And these truths also seep deep into our hearts. Sung worship can be a unifying experience. And that exhortation to let us affirms that. The gospel alone unites one believer to another. But our sung worship is a tool to join together the body of Christ in one voice. And this is something that I, I was aware of beforehand, but I think that has been increasingly so over the last few months. When we come together to sing our praises, we lift our voices together in unison, standing beside brothers and sisters and lifting up the same words in adoration to God. Ephesians 5.19 speaks of how we should speak or address one another with songs. Colossians 3.16 speaks of how we teach one another as we sing songs with thankfulness in our hearts. As we stand together in worship, no two people have had the same week. We teach one another as one person sings the same line, but maybe in feeling like they're in the desert or the deluge that we heard about last week, they're in the valleys, and another sings the same line in adoration, but from the mountaintop. We look around and see how people sing of God's sovereignty and love in times of loss and plenty. And we learn from that. As we come together in song, these, these times are not just the warm up to the sermon, but they should be deep times of teaching in and of themselves. Our songs should be theologically rich. They should be full of scripture, truth and honest reflection. Their meditational times that awaken our soul and realign our hearts. From our early years, we use songs and music to learn and to remember things. So for most of us, we probably use songs to learn phonics and the alphabet and to learn our times tables. And it's the same as we learn scripture and truths of God. Some of you will remember uh, the worship leader, Ian White. So not, not our own Ian White, but this was an Ian White that was uh, based in Perthshire, 
Uh, and for many years, he put the Psalms to music. And, uh, uh, and as I read Psalms, uh, I can hear uh, those melodies s- still going around in my head. Over the years, I've seen how songs and hymns have impacted people's lives. And I especially see this in one of our elders, and that's Billy Monroe. Uh, and many of us have heard Billy speak of how a hymn that he sang years previously um, has imprinted a truth of God on his heart, and that still impacts him today. The invitation to come let us sing is also a part of our battle cry. We raise our voices as we march into battle each day, declaring that he is Lord of our lives. We go out to spread his fame in sometimes difficult places, sometimes in the face of adversity. We raise our, our, our voices as, as we are in a battle with rulers, authorities, cosmic powers against spiritual forces or evil. We sing out as we remind ourselves who we live our lives for and remind ourselves in who our true identity is. We come into his presence, remembering that we're not alone in the battle, but he is with us at all times and we go out in his strength. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. The Psalm, Psalm 95, it makes it clear who is who we are praising who we are lifting our voices to and who we're magnifying. So in verse one, we read that we're worshiping the rock of our salvation. We're worshiping the one who we can trust perfectly. We can place our full confidence in because he and his promises are solid and true. We're worshiping our God who we depend on and who we need. We're worshiping the only one who can save the only one who can save us from the sin that entangles us, that leaves this stain on us, that, that separates us from God. We're, we're worshipping Jesus who took the punishment that we deserve. He died in our places so that we could have life to the full, life with God. His saving power is assured. We have no power in and of ourselves. We need him. He is the rock of our salvation. Uh, it continues in, in verses three and four, and um, I'm actually going to read these from the message paraphrase. I just really liked um, how it put it. Uh, so here it says, and why? Because God is the best, high king over all the gods. In one hand, he holds deep caves and caverns. In the other hand, grasps the high mountains. He made ocean, he owns it. His hands sculpted earth. In verse 6, we are reminded that it is God who has made us. He is our author and perfecter. He is the one who formed us in the womb. He is the one who has given us the air to breathe. He is the one who has given us the lungs to inhale and exhale. He has made us. We are worshipping our creator. We are worshipping so our God, who is incredibly powerful, we're worshipping the rock of our salvation. So as we lift up our voices, we do sing from our experiences. So, so what has happened to us in the past week uh, definitely shapes how we sing the song. But the songs are not ultimately about us. They're about an unchanging, perfect, 
holy God who reigns over all with justice and power. And he is the one to be feared above all other gods. And he is the only one who is worthy of praise. And the next Psalm, so Psalm 96, um, in verse 2, it says, Sing to the Lord, bless his name, tell of, sorry, tell of his salvation from day to day. We will never tire of singing his praises. Let's sing out day to day. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Verse 6 shares a description of what true worship looks like. Here it says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. This verse speaks of our hearts. For as much as we can sing the words, and our, our, some of us, I don't, have the ability to hit those high notes, but the ability to hit note doesn't speak of what is actually happening inside. As we're singing, do, do these words speak of what we're singing with our actions in the rest of the week? We bow down to acknowledge his supremacy. We kneel before him, acknowledging him as our Lord and Master. In 1 Samuel 15, we come across a conversation between Saul and Samuel. And, and Saul is being rebuked for his disobedience. And in there we read, so this is um, the words of Samuel. Has the Lord as great delights in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. Amos 5, 21 through 24, actually it shares a very similar message and, and simply describes our worship as noise if, there's, if, our, if our hearts are not in it. God doesn't want empty words. He wants all of our hearts. Some of you will know of a song that had um, pretty profound impact on my life. Uh, from years ago, and, and that was the song Heart of Worship by Matt Redman. And I remember uh, being a teenager and listening to that in my room uh, and just those words having a huge impact on me. Uh, so I'm going to read out some of those words to you. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing it. Don't worry, don't need to hit mute. Uh, I'm just going to read these words out. I'll bring you more than a song, for a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you, Jesus. Maybe for you, the act of singing, uh, singing out uh, is difficult at the moment, but the most important thing that we can do is to sing with our hearts. Let's do that, not just Sunday to Sunday, but throughout our weeks. So, and make sure you're, you're immersing yourself in these songs. Listen to songs on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, or albums that you've, you've purchased. And take those times to reflect and rejoice in those words that, that we're singing from our inmost being. Even if you're struggling to sing out the words with our hearts, we can still sing with humility and with repentance. We can still sing out with adoration and submitting to him with all joy. Let not our words be empty, but let our words be an overflow of a bowed down, obedient heart. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. The final part of our psalm uh, looks further into this. It, it takes us back to two occasions in Israel's history that speaks of how they did not trust God. 
So verse 8 shares the names of Massa and Merida. Uh, so this is found in Exodus chapter 17 as Israel, uh, they've entered the desert and they grumble due to a lack of water, which then God provides in the most miraculous way. So Massa means testing, uh, and Merida means grumbling. And uh, this example in Exodus 17 is really just an early episode of the persistent unbelief that, that culminates in Israel's refusal to enter the promised land. We find that, um, so we find that in Numbers chapter 13 and 14. So as the people of Israel, they listen to the 10 spies who are full of fear rather than to the other two. They listen to fear rather than trusting in God with all of their hearts. Israel tested the Lord with their unbelief. The Israelites did not worship God with all of their hearts. And, and that generation were unable to enter the promised land. So our psalm uh, at the end says, they shall not enter my rest. Verse 7 uh, in Psalm 95 finishes with, Today if you hear his voice. Today we hear the voice of God in his word. We see how he works in our lives. Uh, and the lives of those who surround us and those from throughout the centuries. Hear his voice inviting you to be his child. Hear his voice inviting you to be one of the sheep in his flock. And I hope as you hear his voice and reflect on the saving power of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, that it leads you to this full-hearted, humble, kneeling before him in worship that manifests itself in greater trust in God and in greater obedience in him. As I come to a close, uh, I just want to give you three things to consider if, uh, like me, you've, you've struggled in this season. So the first one is look forward. Look forward to the day when we will join together once again in cults or, or in contour and we will raise our voices in unison to our God. Let's pray that that day will come soon, that, that this room that I'm in, that soon once again it will be full of us together raising our voices. Let us also look forward to the ultimate day when we will be in the perfect presence of Jesus, singing with all the saints, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Second of all, don't lose heart. Continue to immerse yourself in those rich scriptural songs that remind us of the truths of God. Allow those truths to seep deep into your heart and to let them to continue to transform you. If you sing out or you sing with your heart, let, let those words not be empty, but may they continue to build trust in him and know that this delights our Father in heaven. Lastly, continue to raise a battle cry with your heart. Day after day, Acknowledge that he is worthy of our lives. Day after day, go out as a soldier of Christ, lifting up his praise, knowing that he is with you at all times and that he has won the ultimate victory. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord.